Hey, Peak Pals, at the end of today's episode, you'll hear an interview with myself and Faye Pang, the country manager for Canada at Zero. We have an incredible conversation that gets into some of their findings as part of the Zero Small Business Insights, which includes some of the challenges that Canadian small businesses are facing with the economic uncertainty and how Canadian small business owners can incorporate technology into their day-to-day practices to help support them. It's a really interesting conversation. I know you're going to love it. So tune in at the end to hear our interview with Faye Pang, Country Manager for Canada at Zero. Hey! I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Monday, September 18th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Peak Pals. So to support Hollywood workers who have lost their health insurance because of the strikes, Prominent actors are auctioning off experiences with, well, themselves. So if you've ever wanted to do the New York Times crossword with Natasha Leon, play Mortal Kombat with Kumail Nanjani, or have Lena Dunham paint a mural in your house, this is probably your best chance to make it happen. I, for one, want none of those. So I will not be participating in this, but I'm sure someone out there, Peak Pals, will be interested in this. And you know what? It's for a good cause, so I encourage you to do it. The probably worst of this list, in my personal opinion, is Lorena Dunham, Merrill, but again, to each their own. For our first story, auto workers see electric vehicle future risks. For our second story, celebs lock up their likeness. And for our last story, luxury hotels are booming. For our first story, electric vehicles might be great for bringing emissions down, but there's growing concern among automakers that they might not be great for people who make cars for a living. United Auto Workers President Sean Fain, who is leading the first ever U.S. strike against all three of GM, Ford, and Stellantis, formerly Chrysler, has highlighted the possible dangers for workers represented by the EV transition. Now, Fain wrote in a recent op-ed, we will not let the EV industry be built on the backs of workers making poverty wages. The early signs of the industry are worrying. And this is all happening because EVs have far fewer parts and require far fewer workers to build than gas-powered vehicles, raising the prospect of layoffs and pay cuts for auto workers as EVs become more popular. Ford CEO has estimated that it takes around 40% fewer workers to make an EV than a gas-powered car. And it matters because the rise of EVs encouraged by heavy government subsidies could make auto manufacturing jobs scarce, narrowing what had been traditionally a reliable path to the middle class. Auto worker unions, the UAW in the U.S. and Unifor in Canada, are negotiating aggressively with the big three automakers against the backdrop of this EV transition. For that reason, job security for workers building gas-powered vehicles is likely to be one of their key demands. But the legacy automakers say they can't afford to ramp up pay and benefits for workers while facing stiff competition from Tesla, which is not unionized and is already making EVs at a lower cost than the big three. For our second story, did anyone have Tom Hanks filing a copyright for his AI avatar on the 2023 bingo card? Well, neither did we. A new startup, Metaphysic, is launching a tool that will allow celebrities to build their AI likeness and register it with the U.S. Copyright Office. The company made its name publishing celebrity deepfakes like these incredibly lifelike but fake Tom Cruise videos, which I would encourage you to watch on TikTok because they're, they're pretty scary. And it's now letting users upload their biometric data to build a portfolio of their most valuable digital assets and AI training data sets over time and settle intellectual property disputes. This is all happening because creators of all kinds want to protect their image from being exploited by AI. Actors in particular are growing concerned that they'll lose control of their likeness, a major point of contention in the ongoing SAG strike. 
AI-powered tools that can make content using famous people's images and voices are only going to get better. Instead of trying to stop the technology altogether, some creators are instead trying to use it to their advantage. Tom Hanks, Anne Hathaway, Octavio Spencer, and Paris Hilton are all reportedly using Metaphysic already. But to say copyright law around AI is murky would be an understatement. Even if celebrities registered their likeness using platforms like Metaphysic, it's not clear that AI-generated art is subject to copyright protection. And for our third story, London, that's England, not Ontario, is set to welcome at least 13 new high-end hotels, some of which claim to offer seven-star accommodation, a number of stars we didn't even know was possible. Here's what's driving the news. The fun began earlier this week with the launch of the 1,300-pound per night peninsula in London. Located near Hyde Park, the $1.1 billion resort offers a spa, 24-hour concierge service, and fleet of luxury cars available to guests, including a 1935 Rolls-Royce. Peninsula will face stiff competition right away, with the £1.5 billion Raffles London set to open later this month inside the halls of Winston Churchill's old war office. In total, the British capital will add over 183,000 rooms by 2025, more than any place on Earth outside of China. Now to zoom out, while few places are as prolific as London right now for new high-end resorts, the luxury hotel boom is hitting tourist destinations across the world, from Texas to Tokyo. By year's end, global hospitality leader Marriott will have opened 35 new luxury hotels under its Ritz-Carlton, W, and St. Regis brands. Last week, Amon Group, which ran some of the world's most expensive hotels, received a fresh $360 million round of funding from UAE investors. This is all happening because with economic factors set to drive down travel demand for the average fanny pack and disposable camera tourists, hotels are now courting the growing cast of the uber-wealthy who, quite literally, have more money than they know what to do with. One luxury trip planner told Insider that his booking surged 34% year over year in the first six months of 2023, with the average price of a vacay sitting at $35,000. And here's the bottom line. Per a report from real estate services giant JLL, the luxury hotel biz is poised to keep growing over the next decade, with luxury rooms set to account for 7.6% of the global hotel supply by 2033. However, me personally, I'll be fine just staying at Best Western or Super 8 or something cheap. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Have a great week, Peak Pals. Hey, Peak Pals, thanks so much for sticking around after today's episode. As I mentioned in the intro, we've got this great bonus interview with Faye Pang, the country manager for Canada at Zero. Faye and the Zero team have done some incredible research into the state of Canadian small businesses with some really actionable recommendations on how Canadian small business owners can apply technology to solve a lot of the most pressing problems that we're facing today, especially with how uncertain the economy is. I really enjoyed this interview. I'm sure you're going to love it, too. And so without further ado, let's just get right into it. Thank you so much, Faye, for joining us today on The Peak Daily. Really excited to have this conversation with you. I guess just to start, I would love to hear from you what Zero does and what you offer, you know, the great folks that run small businesses. I know, speaking personally, we use Zero at The Peak. I've used Zero for every single business, and I've started many businesses, and every single one of them, the first thing I do, among the first things I do is yeah, I create my Zero account, and it's been hugely helpful to us. But for those who don't know Zero, do you want to give a quick background? Yeah, well, that's a great endorsement, Brett. And thank you so much for the support. You've run a lot of successful businesses, I know. So um, that is 
proof positive in the technology. But for those of you that don't know, Zero is a cloud-based accounting software. So we're really a small business platform built in the cloud 17 years ago. And our core mission is to make life more beautiful and more simple for small business owners and their advisors. So think accountants and bookkeepers. And in our ecosystem, we have a thousand apps that connect into Zero. So we very much take that platform approach when we think about being able to integrate, whether you're trying to solve for payroll, timesheet and scheduling, forecasting, reporting, et cetera. There's an app in our ecosystem that plugs seamlessly into Zero and facilitates you doing that. Yeah. And I think one of the things I love most about Zero is its ability to integrate with so many different tools. You know, we use a different tool for expense management, a different tool for payroll, and it all kind of builds and integrates well into Zero. I imagine this is also particularly helpful for accountants and bookkeepers as well when it comes to tax time. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So specifically in the Canadian market, compliance and doing your taxes is it's one of the main reasons you go to an accountant and bookkeeper. But what we're seeing is that's really starting to expand. So that's a trusted advisor for small businesses. They start to say, well, hey, I'm also working for, you know, a payroll provider. Who should I go to? The fact that there are all of these incredible payroll partners in the zero ecosystem that plug in just gives that accountant or bookkeeper lots of choice to say, hey, I prefer, you know, A or B or C and and bring them into the fold. So they love that. They love the integration. They love the seamlessness of it. There's nothing more painful than having to switch to a bunch of different technologies or tabs to get one job done. And so for that reason, they are are huge advocates of Xero. So we know that Xero is an integral tool for any small business owner, but when it comes to the actual realities of running a small business, I'm sure you have a lot of conversations with small business owners about what's going on right now. And we hear a lot about inflation and economic pressures. We made it through COVID. What are you seeing now in terms of the economic climate and the realities of running a small business? To answer your question, Brad, I'll talk about Zero Small Business Insights, which is a quarterly report that we put out, takes tens of thousands of anonymized and aggregated small businesses that are on Zero and looks at how they're doing on payment times, late payments, and same-store sales growth. And what we're seeing is a pretty sobering view. Canadian small businesses are still struggling to recover. And in fact, we've erased almost all of the gains that we've made over the last three years. And we're back to the start of pandemic times in terms of time that they're waiting to get paid. You know, the same-store sales growth is, in fact, flat, right, relative to inflation. And so they're not selling more goods. They're just selling them for a higher price. You know, it's things that we probably feel as consumers, but on the small business side, they're really struggling to to climb out of that pandemic challenge that we all faced. Additionally, we're seeing that small businesses are getting paid on average 10 days late. This is nearly a day and a half longer than the 2022 average. And so there haven't been improvements on that time to be paid measure, and it's really causing a cash flow crunch. Recently, we also released a cash flow study. And what we're seeing is that the combination of almost no sales growth and longer payment times is putting a ton of pressure on small businesses, specifically around their cash flow. You know, so households are spending with larger businesses, but not enough is being spent in the small business sector in Canada. And as you and I know, right, for for a small business, cash is everything. So at the moment, they're getting paid late and almost two working weeks later than they anticipate. So being unsure about when you're going to get paid is causing a ton of stress in the system and in the Canadian small business economy. It's really interesting to hear that cash flow report. And you've surveyed all these different small business owners and how they're dealing with the impact of inflation. There has to be a compromise that they're making when they have these challenges in terms of getting paid. Long, it takes longer for them to get paid and having that cash flow crunch. 
what do those compromises look like? What are business owners sacrificing? Yeah, so we, we saw it in the data in terms of time to get paid and, and sales growth. To your point, we surveyed over a thousand Canadian small businesses to understand, you know, what's your mindset around this? How are you feeling? And they continue to see an impact from inflation. They also anticipate that this is going to continue to be worse in the coming months. Understandably, they're quite stressed about this, right? So small businesses, 59% of those larger small businesses feel that they're on track, but just under half claim that they can absorb financial shocks, right? So there's this real trepidation and concern in the system. They're aware of the situation, they're preparing, but they're having to make trade-offs. And that notion of compromise that you mentioned came through loud and clear in our data. With that cash flow of pressure for a small business owner, what's the first thing that goes? Your compensation, your pay, right? That's the first thing that you cut to try to make the bottom line. So the main impact of these cash flow issues is that business owners can't pay themselves. In fact, 31% of those that we surveyed said, when I do have a cash flow crunch, I don't pay myself, right? That's the first thing that I think about. Larger small businesses, so those that are employing like 50 to 100 employees, they have more levers when it comes to that, right? So as they generate cash flow crunch, they can think about new revenue lines, you know, flexing hours, that sort of thing. That's less of a possibility for smaller small businesses. And then the last thing I'll say on this topic is that we know cash flow stress really negatively impacts small business owners' emotional and physical health. Right. When we asked them what's the impact of that cash flow management, number one impact was stress. The number two was anxiety. It's probably the same thing. The number three reason for 35% of those surveyed was trouble sleeping. And number four was losing time with friends and family. So there are very real impacts to the emotional well-being of small business owners, which we know is oftentimes already fragile when you think about not having the cash on hand to run the business. This all sounds quite grim. There must be a solution somewhere in here based on your view and the view of zero. What should we be looking at in terms of the costs of actually running a business and how can we make some progress on these issues that you just mentioned? Yeah, thanks, Brett. I think I felt like I was doing a version of doom scrolling there around small businesses, but there, there is a silver lining, right? And we're, we are, in fact, quite optimistic when it comes to Canada's small business economy because there's so much opportunity and there's so much room for technology to play a role here. So while cash and credit remain key, we think digital payments and online payment options are the way of the future, right? We're seeing younger business owners really leveraging new digital payment formats. 61% of Canadian small businesses today say they use cash or credit. Only one in three are using newer formats like PayPal or Apple or Google Pay, Afterpay, e-invoicing, things like that. So there's a lot of efficiency unlock and you know speed to payment, cost to payment benefits that can come with leveraging those. In challenging times, we also see that higher fees appear to be more of a barrier for Canadian small businesses. When we polled folks in the survey, you know, expensive fees for two and five folks of so 41% said that this was the main barrier. This really contrasts with other markets where zero has strong business, like New Zealand and Australia, where that really doesn't factor in. So again, there's an opportunity we think about as an ecosystem, how can we come together to better support small businesses? Bringing down those fees, increasing the adoption of digital payments could really, really help. That makes total sense to me. The time for payment for us when we use, let's say, a payment gateway like a Stripe or a Pluto in Canada, which plugs into zero compared to the when we get a check 30 days or a net 60 terms, it's day and night. Obviously, we much prefer to get paid faster. Which brings me to my next question, which is from your view, are small businesses, are they leveraging this type of tech enough? What could they be doing more of? 
Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, you and your team at the peak are probably an anomaly. Like the fact is Canadian small businesses are not leveraging technology enough. And that's something that we feel really strongly about. This is going to be a plug for accounting software, unfortunately, but like we see that as a huge gateway. A lot of small businesses can use it to track payments and plug in to folks like Pluto, which is an amazing company as well, as a primary approach to helping manage their cash flow, right? Almost a third of those that we surveyed said, hey, my accounting software is the core of that. And it's something that we really think will help unlock efficiency and cash flow. The next is employing businesses, right? So where you actually have to manage a suite of employees, you're not just a sole trader doing your own thing, see even more benefit versus those sole traders. Again, it makes a ton of sense, but when you have a more complex business to run, leveraging more technology is going to help you manage all of those moving pieces. Yeah, that makes total sense. Now, if this is all the case and times are tough, and I think we kind of anecdotally can see that times are tough for many small businesses out there beyond just the data that you reference, can you give us some hacks for doing business and how small business owners can improve their day-to-day operations? Yeah, I think it's one of the things that we talk about a lot is there's this DIY or do-it-yourself mentality amongst a lot of small business owners, right? Notoriously bad at valuing their own time and have a very, very high threshold for pain <laughs> in terms of ability to spend a lot of time on doing something that is not actually growing their business. Our perspective at zero is you really need to have a do-it-together mentality. Like there are amazing advisors, accountants, bookkeepers out there that can help you get the most out of your technology and give you the best in breed or the best recommendations of what's working for other small businesses today. So leverage those advisors and really, you know, reach out and, and use what's at your disposal. Value your own time. Another thing that we would love to see is, you know, we talked about tech adoption today, but think about digital payment methods. Think about, you know, is there a technology to automate what I'm doing today? Anytime you find yourself in a spreadsheet, you probably want to pull your head up and say, hey, is there a better way to do this that gives me back, you know, my most valuable resource as a small business owner, which is my time, right? So no like quick fixes, no hacks, but really pretty straightforward solutions around get some help, you know, lean on experts, and then really think about what technology can I use to automate what I'm doing today so that I could focus on my customer, so I could focus on growing my business versus just the manual day-to-day stuff. Awesome. Thanks so much, Faye, for joining us. This was really interesting to hear both the macro data side of what's actually happening with small businesses in Canada, but also getting deeper into some of the tactics that small business owners can use to actually alleviate some of the challenges that you outlined before. And so I thought it was just really interesting and and really useful as a small business owner myself. So thank you again, Faye. And for anybody who doesn't use Xero, I can't recommend it enough. It's such a great tool and it's come a long way. I think that's what's incredible about it is it feel like it keeps getting better. And so it's it's definitely a go-to for us and, and I encourage any other small business owner to use it as well. Thank you so much, Brett. Thanks for being an, an avid advocate and user of Zero. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Faye.